what everybody else got to say. If you constantly got your eyes on what everybody else doing, you ain't getting no money. When it comes down to closing the deal, I get it done. Hey, we're back with another episode of Coinology. I am so excited to be sitting across from Miss Audrea Richmond. Yes, hey. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We're about to have a good time. Yeah, we're going to have a real good time, real good time. You know, I've been wanting to get you in studio for yes. a while. I've been hearing a lot about you. One of my um, most respected clients out there, she speaks very highly of you, and I think she's a client of yours, too. Yes. Candace, the six-figure spa chick, you know yes. she's no yes. joke. <laughs> no joke. I love Candace. Me, too. She has such amazing spirit. She does, and she's so bright and so resilient. Yes. And um, you and her have a lot in common, too. You both are from Memphis, yes. right? All right. Memphis, Tennessee. Is, and now, did you guys meet in Memphis? No, we actually met here. Okay. And then I later learned that she was from Memphis. And then we was like, oh, this is this is dope. Because one thing we noticed when we moved here to Atlanta was like, there's a lot of pretty known people here that's from Memphis. Um, and it was like a really cool connection. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to find people that are from where you're from and have the same type of drive that you have. Yes. Right? And so. that was actually why I left. So it's crazy. When I moved here, I mm-hmm. see so many dope people thriving in their own gift um, living here. So that's pretty dope. I re- how long you been here? Since 2015. All right. Because I, re- I think it was about 2020 when I first heard about you. Yes. Um, Dr. Kim was having a conference. And I think both of us were speaking on. I think the pandemic had just broke. Yes. Because it was virtual. Yes. And I remember, I think I saw your presentation. I was like, this woman is bad. <laughs> and then fast forward, I kept hearing your name. I kept hearing your name. And then um, Candace had mentioned that you were one of her coaches. Yes. And then I started following your page. And I said, yes, yeah, she, because if Candace is going to her as oh, a coach. Oh, Candace don't play. She invests. Yes. She don't play. She don't work with no anybody. Right. She holds a high regard for the people that she invests with. And so yeah. it's definitely an honor. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. That's the same thing I told her. I was honored that she selected our agency. Tell us a little bit about what, what do you do, Audrey? So I'm a marketing and launch strategist. Okay, and what um, does that mean? I'm about to break it down. Yeah. So basically you come to me mm-hmm. when you want to learn how to launch your products and services the right way. And you want to do it differently than everybody else that's mm-hmm. marketing something. So you might say, hey, I'm about to launch a book or I'm about to launch a course. You may come to me and figure out like, hey, how do I make this different? How do I make this stand out? Hey, which is our brand, which is unclone. It means to challenge the norms, be the first to do it first. And it's all about becoming the obvious choice. Okay. Yeah. So typically, how many clients do you take on at a given time? Actually, I, I teach more so one to many. So the three ways that my clients work with me, we have a membership called the Launch Circle. Um, we have my um, we have another program called the Publishing Like a Pro, which is more like a group coaching program for people who want to publish like a pro. Mm-hmm. And then we have my Mastermind, where we teach your whole business, where we teach you everything you need to know from... You know, how do you build a brand? How do you actually develop your offers? How do you uh, market and promote your business? How do you launch? How do you come up with your content strategy? Mm-hmm. How do you pitch? All of that is a part of the Unclaw Mastermind. So let's talk a little bit about how you became the expert in that, right? Yes. Because in order to know all that, you must have had a very successful business prior yeah. to this. Yeah. Prior to this particular business, right? No, it wasn't successful. It wasn't. No? <laughs> I am self-taught. I okay. am self-taught. All right. So I had a lot of businesses back in Memphis. Uh-huh. I'm a formal professional photographer. Okay. Formal professional graphic designer. Um, magazine publisher. And so me and my husband, we had a juicing business called Juice Me Baby. So I had all of these businesses, but they all had something in common. We weren't making no money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you knew the formula of how to not make money. Right. right? <laughs> okay. I mastered that. Okay. I mastered that well. Okay. So once we had these different businesses, I was like, man, what is going on? Because I definitely don't have a lack of ideas. Mm-hmm. What I started to find out was the, the issue that I was running into, I, could, I would put the business out there. It would reach a certain level, and mm-hmm. then I start another business. Because mm-hmm. the last one didn't get enough traction. Mm-hmm. Then I mm-hmm. start another one. Then I start another uh-huh. one. And then eventually, I was just like, you know what? <sighs> Let me just go get a job. <laughs> I can't figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. So I went to get a job, and 
I ended up reading a book called um, Book Yourself Solid by Michael Port. Mm-hmm. And it's all about Say how to give What's name of book it? yourself solid. Book yourself solid by Michael Port. Okay, and so that book is all about like how do you market yourself? How do you get clients? The first chapter was like fire all the clients you don't like. I'm like what? Mm-hmm. It's too crazy. Mm-hmm. And so we ended no, up. I think I agree with that. I, at the time, I didn't have no money. So you or no like, clients. I'm gonna work with you whether Run I like crazy. you or not. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> But you know that's yeah. stress of yeah. working with people you don't like. Yeah, I mean, I later learned that now. Uh-huh. I won't work with people I don't like now. But right. at the time when you don't feel like you have options, mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. like you don't have options. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was like, I just can't really get rid of a client like that. And so I ended up learning a lot of his tactics, and he talks about like always have something for free. And so this is when I really started to learn the whole online marketing thing. Mm-hmm. I go online, I invest in a course, and I I figure out why my businesses were failing. I didn't know marketing. And so I became obsessed with marketing. I was reading all the books, taking all the classes, taking all the courses, and then I would apply those marketing strategies to my business and I would make money from those strategies, from trying those things. And then I would do it over and over and over and over. Then I started learning the skill of launching and then the rest is history. Okay. So let's go back to the marketing piece though. What do you think some of the biggest mistakes people make in that in that era? Um I feel like when it comes to marketing, a lot of people have the notion that my idea is good enough, which Mm -hmm. is what I thought. Mm -hmm. I thought you could just show up with your thing and that's sufficient enough and you should be good to go. Mm -hmm. What I didn't know was you have, I always tell people like you will exhaust a circle. So you will tell like your friends and family and they might support you. And then they might tell their friends, a few friends. But after that, you're on your own. That's and it. that's when a lot of people start saying, oh, the business don't work. Oh, ain't nobody following me. Oh, ain't nobody checking for me. I it's lazy. Know. Yeah, it is. It's lazy. Yeah. You know, one of the things I always say is that you can have the best product, best service, best mm-hmm. idea, but if nobody knows about it, it's right. as if it doesn't exist. Correct. And the person who becomes famous for that idea, product, or service probably didn't even create it. Correct. They just were a master marketer. Man, you get it. You get it. Yeah, so you got to understand. If you don't understand, it's it's key dynamics that I think people need to understand in business. One, um, one, you need to be an expert at what you do. You do. I think right because I feel like a lot of people don't have a they lot don't. of experience, and they, they be don't. out here taking people money, and, and they don't know what they do. Not an expert. Yes, not an expert. I think the other thing is people need to have a strong marketing plan. If yes. people don't know about you, you don't have anything. Great. And I think, lastly, people need a strong public relations, whether they do it themselves or they have someone else. Because, again, marketing is one part. Public relations is a different part. And if people don't know and don't have the visibility that you exist, it basically does not belong to you, right? I will say this. Like, once you start getting PR, you got to make sure you have solid systems. And something to talk about. Right, because once you go viral or you get the right hit or the right placement, it's game over if you don't have your back end set up. That's right. And I think a lot of the times people kind of skip um, the business foundational aspect of things because I, I experienced that when I released my book. I marketed my book so hard when it first came out in mm-hmm. 2020 to the point of I had to literally like shut down certain aspects of my business because I could not keep up with the bandwidth of what I was getting from my marketing. So Did you have a large following at that point? I had a pretty decent following. Most people say I would, but at the time, I was so, this was my third book, and all of my books up until this point when it first came out would sell like, you know, 200 copies, 300 copies. So that's kind of what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. We sold over 2,000 copies Mm. during pre-order. And I was just like, this is crazy. I feel like this is the book that, quote, unquote, put me on the map. So just to kind of piggyback off what you were saying about Mm -hmm. the PR, sometimes you can market so hard that if you don't have the back end... You can't fulfill it. Correct. You can't fulfill it. Yeah. So let's go back a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about Audria. Who is Audria? Were you born and raised with a two-parent household? Yes. So when my mother... Because my mother passed away. She passed away last year. So my mother and my dad were married. Mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, I stayed with my mother. And so my dad would come over. He would come and pick us up. And I knew of him, but I didn't know him. Mm -hmm. And then when my brother was getting up in age, he started to become a little problematic. Mm -hmm. And then my mother felt like, okay, we need a man in the house. And so he moved back in during my teenage years. And so that's when they were both together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then 
As I got older, they separated again. So it was just on and off of him being in the house, being in and out of the house with my mother. So they were both present. But um, as far as, like, who I am, I'm from Memphis. I am uh, one of five kids. I'm the baby girl out of five. Um, yeah. Only entrepreneur? Yes. Okay, you In are. my family. Yeah. So in your, you came from a family that did not necessarily promote entrepreneurship. Not only that, right? they did not promote, like, education either. Like, okay. like what I mean by that is they wanted me to go, get out of school, mm-hmm. but nobody was like, you got to go to college, or you got to get a degree, or you got to do that. Did you go to college? Actually, I went to a technical school because of my ex, like, my quote-unquote first love. Mm-hmm. He went to school. I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life, so... I just went to school with him. Mm-hmm. But well, well, that's good. Yeah, you had some yeah. good, you know, somebody around you yeah. that kind of pulled you along. So, but I bet you, one of the things you just said about your parental upbringing is that relationships was more, it wasn't necessarily about love. It was transactional. It made sense to bring your father back in the house at that time mm. to help with your son. I mean, your brother yeah. at that time, yeah. right? Do you think that had anything to do with how you look at love mm. today? That's a great question. And I actually never thought of it like that until you just said it that way. Um, I think, I don't know. Mm. That's a great question. I don't know. I feel like them doing that, I did feel like, they didn't see me because I was a good kid. Mm-hmm. I was a kid they didn't have to worry about. I was a kid they didn't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. I actually just talked about that, about this, like, the other day. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like my brother gets so much attention for being an idiot. And, like, I don't get any attention for being, you know. Exceptional. The person who you don't have to worry about. Right, right. And I feel like that's why they didn't nurture me like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I think the other part of that is, um, you know, from a parental perspective, they knew that you were going to be okay. Mm. You know? They knew yeah, I, I know that, but it, it still doesn't take away from what you want as a child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, it sucks. Because mm-hmm. just like, oh, you're the, you're the kid that, that get good grades. You don't, you know, you're not going to jail. You're not doing nothing problematic. So, thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay. I still have days where I want to talk or vent. Or things mm-hmm. that's on my heart or mm-hmm. on my spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when you left tech school... Why did you leave? I had to see tech. I couldn't afford it. Okay. And I didn't want to study that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm mm-hmm. being honest, it mm-hmm. was just like I was following behind a boy. It was in a great direction. Obviously, I was going to college, but it was something I wasn't passionate about. So, so what did you I do left. next? After that, I went and got a job as a flight attendant. Okay. Yeah. I can see you. You have such a bubbly personality. Yeah, yeah. So did you like that? No. No, you didn't like that either. How actually, <laughs> actually, how I came with flight attendant was funny. So I was looking for a job. Okay. And the job said it pays like $20 an hour. I was like, hell yeah, I want this job. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is I had never been to the air- I had never been to the airport. I, I did not own a passport, which all the things you need to know, right? Mm-hmm. And I did not actually get on a physical plane until it was time to do my test. Okay, so did you get a passport? Uh, yeah. Okay, you eventually had to get <laughs> one, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. So that was that was pushing you into your next phase, right? Yeah. Left that. What did you do next? Um, after that, I decided to start my photography business and start taking pictures. So that was your entry into entrepreneurship? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure that was a tough one, though, because you were still in Memphis then? Yeah, I was still in Memphis. So was there a large client base for Actually, yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So <laughs> hey, were you... Memphis was popping. Now, were you at with, with Sears and all that, or were you doing your own? No. So first off, how I got into photography, I was hanging out with a homegirl. Mm-hmm. And at the time, she went to go get a photo shoot for her photo album. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... You finna pay this dude to take pictures of you? I thought it was the most craziest thing ever. Because mm-hmm. I was the girl who would get, like, the disposable camera. Because my mom used to work in, like, the... She worked at Kroger, but she was also, like, the manager of the film department. Mm-hmm. So I could take uh, pictures, disposable pictures, and she would dispose it. And then I would take the pictures and give them out at school. I did that for free. Mm-hmm. So as I got a little bit older, me seeing her go to this place to do a photo shoot, that's what we call it now. Mm-hmm. But to do a photo shoot, it was crazy to me that she was doing that. And I didn't even know that you could get paid to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I remember asking the guy, I said, hey, can you teach me um, Can you teach me how to take pictures like you? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no. He told me straight up no. And this is the first time I felt like super entitled. Okay. Like, you going to tell me no, bro? Like, I, <laughs> like this is something I want to know. Mm-hmm. Like, why not teach me? And 
I said, oh, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to go to Barnes & Nobles, and I found the book. The book is by Scott Kelby, and it was all about digital photography and, like, how to learn the camera and how to learn aperture and learn all the different things. So you things. didn't let that no stop you? I was gonna let it, no, I was gonna let it stop me, but this was the first time I wanted to know something so bad that I was like on the hunt to go mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. and like seek it out. You know, a lot of people use that as an excuse to say, "Well, this yeah. is why I didn't do this because I asked somebody and they told me no." Yeah, they stopped there. Yeah, you didn't stop. No, you because I was going. intrigued. Right, I was so intrigued. You were because, passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. So, how well did you do with photography? Um, I actually ended up doing really, really good. We had mm-hmm. two photography studios in Memphis. Oh, um, I got really good, like really, really good. I started. Mm-hmm. I was doing fashion and commercial uh, photography, so I got really good. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it's like. I was I was marketing myself more so like the fifty and seventy five dollar photo shoot girl. So even though I had really good work, mm-hmm. I wanted to elevate my portfolio and I could when I wanted to raise my rates, I didn't really Yeah, let's talk about that. I tell people <laughs> I tell my clients this all the time. How yeah. you enter into yeah. the market is yeah. so important. Yeah. You can't enter in as a Walmart brand and then yes. want to switch over to Neiman Marcus. Yes. How you enter yes. is how you are going to be positioned. Like I know it's Folks out here talking about, I mean, I don't know, some people, you may have one. Some people talk about the Kias and the Hondas. They got some Kias and Hondas right now that are over $100,000. Have you heard about, about that? Oh, yeah, the Tell You Ride, and there's another one. It's a Tell You Ride, I think it's Kia and Hyundai has, but they're over $100,000. And I can't wrap my head around You see how kids have $100,000? Kia. K-I-A. Oh, Kia. Oh, Kia. 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 The Kia. I had a Kia. That joint was raggedy. Well, raggedy. listen, they got cars now. <laughs> Kia yeah. is selling cars for over $100,000, but I can't mm. wrap my mind around spending that much money Not on Not for a Kia. A, right. But yeah. they said that these new cars, they're throwing the kitchen sink in them, so you can get everything you particularly want in the Kia. Nah. That's my point because yeah. of how they enter the market, right? <laughs> yes. I, I can't imagine. That was the budget cars. Right. But now... And it's like, who? if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I'm going to go get a Benz or something. Because of, but they said that the Kia and the Hyundai have more in them. I don't care. It's the brand, right? I was right? about to say a phone, but I ain't going to even do the phone like that. But Right, but it's the yeah. branding, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the branding. Yeah. It's how they yeah. enter into the market. It's everything. Right. Yeah. So you think, so how do, how do you think Kia and Hyundai are being successful selling these cars? I believe they are going to have a market that's successful because somebody who had their original Kia that probably got every Kia thereafter, mm-hmm. they want, they're happy for the brand, mainly because they're introducing something that they always wanted, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of like, they're going to sell those cars. They're probably going to do pretty decent but for the most part, the, the like like what we having this conversation right now, mm-hmm. we like nah, I would never. Mm-hmm. And because we know of what's out there, and even if they were gonna give more, it's they haven't built up enough brand equity to be able to position a luxury car, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So even when you're talking about just brands out here in general, yeah. It, you know, I meet people, and sometimes my client is saying, "Okay, I'm going to lower my cost. I'm going to lower my price because I'm going to be the cheapest that out there." And I, it's not good at all yeah. because to me, I don't think people make decisions off of who they're going to work with strictly off of you being the cheapest. And nobody wants to work with the cheapest. I know I don't. There I was don't. A, there was a season in my life where I wanted to work with the cheapest because I can only afford the cheapest. Mm-hmm. But the moment I could afford more, I went to best to the better mm-hmm. to the best. Mm-hmm. And I didn't waste any time trying to work with people who was just getting started. Even mm-hmm. now, I meet a lot of people who try to sell me services, and they have agency rates. But it's just them. It's just them. You can't do that. I'm like, I can't, bro, I cannot. Right. Yeah. It's a big difference. That's why I try to tell people all the time when they try to compete with our agency, I'm like, but we're an agency. It's one person. But one of the things you said, um, $50, $75 photo shoot. Yeah. You think some of that too was um, a lack of knowing your worth? Yeah, of course. Because a lot of black women suffer keep in mind. that. A lot of us suffer You got to keep in mind, during this time, I was just trying to survive mm-hmm. and pay bills. Mm-hmm. So as long as, and ooh, I just did a whole, like, boot camp around pricing. Mm-hmm. One of the misconceptions when you're first getting started, especially when you're talking about your prices, you typically will charge according to what you need. And, like, and that could be just enough. Mm-hmm. Like, my rent is only two grand. So let me sell enough services to get two grand. Mm -hmm. Or this is how much my monthly home expenses are if I can get just enough clients for this. And what happens with that just enough mindset, it puts you in a mindset where you don't even think like you you don't don't think to hire a team. 
You don't think to pay your taxes. You don't think you really didn't even factor in all of that stuff because you're trying to do just, just enough. enough. You're trying yeah. to get by. It's that get by mentality. Too. Yeah. I talk a lot about. Um, and it's also lack of knowing, like you said. Like, right. Yeah. And it's also, I think I, I read for you when I was preparing, it's this, this mentality of lack. Yes. The mentality of, like you said, I'm, it's just enough. Mm-hmm. Do you think that comes from our community? You think it's lack of Absolutely. education from that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I, you know, um, when I think about my my immediate family, we all were just cool with what we had. We never wanted more. Mm-hmm. As long as we could pay rent and go out to eat from time to time or maybe go to a movie, that was it. Mm-hmm. To The thought of wanting more was like, why? Well, what shifted you? Seeing more. Being exposed to right, more, the exposure, being right? around other people. Was that here or Memphis? Um, it was definitely here. Okay. Because I would say, this is what did it for me. When I first came online, the most money I had ever made with a lunch, I didn't even know I was lunching at the time, the first the first amount of money I made online was $20,000. Now, you got to keep in mind, I was making $20,000 for the whole year. Yeah, right. And so to make that in 60 days, I was like, whoa, like, I kind of felt like a drug dealer. Right. Ooh. That's right. $20,000. And then what what really changed it was I could go to the furniture store and not put in a layaway. This is the first time that I I didn't have to think about payment plans Mm -hmm. or put it to stuff to the side and laying it away. I could get it now and enjoy it now. And I didn't have to worry about more bills after that. Mm -hmm. And so... That changed the game for me because I was like, okay, what happens if I get better with this skill? Mm -hmm. What happens if I get bigger lunches? What happens if I market harder or market better, get better, position myself better? Mm -hmm. And then everything just started getting really better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, but but what was it in you that said, because it it clearly couldn't have been just you, Audria. Mm, What do you mean? What, What was it that said you can do more? Was it a coach? Or no, it, it's seeing other people. You saw other people, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, so I guess you could say influence was uh-huh, more, uh-huh. not necessarily a coach, because even though I was learning. But from, how did you know they weren't capping? You know, it's a lot of cap. I, I try that word no, no, right, no, right? No, you use it's it right. It's a lot of no, capping no, no, out no. here on social media, no, right? No, you're using it right. Let okay. me say this: How you know it wasn't cap? Because capping ain't cap until you actually implement what people are saying. I think a lot of people say stuff is cap until mm-hmm. they try it themselves. So somebody say, "Oh, I sold a course for five hundred dollars and I made ten grand." You're like, "Okay, let me create a course for five hundred dollars, and I made ten grand. I'm a believer now. Mm-hmm. It's not cap to me anymore." And that's one of the things about it may be cap for them though. They may not have done that. They probably didn't done it, but they influenced me to try. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so, I, so the cap has a place. <laughs> the cap has a place in social media, right? Yes, because it, yes. it can. Because I remember when um, Supercent. Made a million dollars, I think, in 90 minutes or so. She showed you. She showed proof. Bam, bam, bam. But from that, that situation ignited everybody on this whole Black Friday vibe. Yes. You know, Black Friday was always a thing, but it became a thing thing. Because a lot of the times we don't get proximity to success like that. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to like show us her phone, she didn't have to show us her making the money in real time. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we need more of. Mm -hmm. I recently invested with um, Sassy Jones. Oh, I love Sassy. Is that Sassy? Sassy that you're wearing right now? Uh, no. Uh Uh-uh. Okay, but I love Sassy. Yeah. I I love her. I love her as a person. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she was doing an event um, where you could pay a lot of money. And I went to the event, and it was by far the best business experience I ever had in my entire life. Why was that? Because this was the first time I was able to see, I believe at the time, like a $40 million business up close. Mm -hmm. Being able to see her team, her operations, Seeing how they treat their clients and customers, get to see how they how they think about um, new ideas for clothes and jewelry and accessories. Like I'm, st- this was the first time in my life from a content like business perspective where I was overwhelmed when I left. I let me tell you about Sassy. Sassy, I remember before she became this millionaire. Mm-hmm. You know, Sassy is from Virginia too, so I'm from Virginia. Yeah, that's where we went to. We went to Virginia, Virginia. to do the uh, boot camp, mm-hmm. and I just to see. I've been watching her elevation, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to see a black woman to start her business out of the dining room doing her own QVC. It's- it's so beautiful. It is beautiful. We got. And I, I remember the Periscope days. Yeah, she, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, and there's no cap. 
Yes. There's no cap. Thanks. Yeah, and that's just amazing. So what? So you are investing in what program? She has a program, and now it was an event. It's um, the name is losing me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an event. It, I think it's Grace Over Grind. Okay. It was a Grace Over Grind event, one day event. Um, at the time of this recording, because I don't want to like. Y'all mm-hmm. see it again. There's more. Mm-hmm. I paid seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Paid seven thousand dollars. It was an all day event, and we were able to see uh, her executive team. So how her executive team works. We were able to see operations, shipping, all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she literally did not hide anything. We could not obviously record or take pictures, but it it just blew my mind that like I I have never seen that much success. Like you said, like you see it online, mm-hmm. but it's different than like being able to touch it. And so down to earth. Yes. Yes. Maintaining that humbleness is important. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I left there really being inspired to build a team. Because mm-hmm. I think up until that point, you hear build a team, build a team, build a team. But be able to see how she was supported from her executive assistant down to her husband, down to her executive team. I have never seen that much success. Because most people online, they only teach you about Amplifying solopreneurship. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of people talking about hiring, firing, mm-hmm. or you hear a lot teams, about dropship. All that stuff. Exactly. exactly. She yeah. has a warehouse, right? And then, I'm not, not not one, but three. And not knocking dropshipping. You got to start yeah. somewhere. Right. But what I like is for us to get past the mom and pop mentality yes. of everything has to be always small. Yes. Right. Yes. When did you know it was time to scale your business? When my mama died. When my mama died last year, it was the first time that like. Okay, and this is, oh, I'm so glad you asked me this. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, I want to say this before I tell you that. Just, people believe that because they write a book, because they create a course, because they create anything passive, that it's just going to get it. up and work by itself. Mm-mm. And I tell people all the time, like, an asset has to be managed. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, when my mama died, this was the first time I had all these assets. And I was making money from our shop like, in our shop passively, but obviously I couldn't do any of, like, coaching and stuff like that. And I had to, like, close down my business for, like, two weeks, two to three weeks, grieve my mother, and get back into the trenches. And I was like, this is the last time that I'm not going to be fully supported. And this is what I will say. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about front-end support. We talk about back-end support, like, you know, the photographer, the videographer, the the EA, the assistant, the all the all the admin people, all mm-hmm. the back end operational people. Mm-hmm. No one ever talks about replacing the talent. Like if I'm the talent and I have to be the person that shoots the videos, create the commercials, be the talking head, be the podcast host, be all the things. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're gonna get to a point where you are going to be limited by how far you can grow. Mm-hmm. And so I started studying like companies like the Peloton. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh? Oh, I love Peloton. How do they have so much talent, I don't even know who the hell the CEO is, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. And so it got me to thinking, like, how do I scale a front-end model with experts besides Ardrey Richmond, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it, we had already had started developing our certification program. We're coming to the conclusion of that. But I'm, like, on a mission to, like, multiply the front-end of my business just as well as the back-end. Mm-hmm. How do we have not necessarily more Ardrey Richmonds, but how do we have more of the same, my same thought process? How do we have more of my framework working out in the world without me? How do we scale up um, expertise on the front end without it just being, you know, on the mm-hmm, back end. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to hide my coaches. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I see a lot of people do that with their programs. Well, I think that's because a lot of people still operate in the mindset of lack. Like we said yeah. before, they're afraid if I teach these people, they're going to end up going out and being my coach. And that's good. That's what will that's what will happen. Mm-hmm. That's a part of teaching what you know. Mm-hmm. But there's also contracts. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. also legal aspects. Mm-hmm. There's also um, protection you have as an employer. So, you know, it's you all about how you structure. Your, yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't put the right human resources yeah. in place or yeah. legality. Yes. And then when you don't do that, it comes back to bite Correct. you later. Correct. Right? Because, right. Right. you know, when you do create intellectual property and put a lot of money and time and effort into it, you don't want someone to come and just steal what you worked your butt for. But you also are responsible for protecting your IP. And policing it. Yes. Because I own 13 trademarks. Okay. And so I'm always policing my stuff. That's right. You know, I recently trademarked my name. So I'm always, like, policing my IP. And I feel like 
that's an arena that me and my husband really want to amplify. Mm -hmm. Getting more people excited about developing IP and not just creating it, but protecting it at the same mm -hmm. pace that you create it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I don't. I think the education of that is is coming along. Mm -hmm. But I then I see a lot of people trademark this, copyright this. But they'll teach you how to leverage it. Right. And they don't really explain to you why it's important. Mm -hmm. And you go off and trademark and copyright, and then you let it lapse. With, we're not really And thinking. this is another thing. Trademarks and stuff, and I'm obviously not an uh, IP attorney, but I've mm -hmm. spent enough money to know a thing or two, and mm -hmm. I read a lot of books on it. One thing I notice about people when they say, I'm a brand, a brand is nothing if you're not building equity. And so you hear a lot of people say, I'm such and such brand, great, but you're not putting it on merch. You don't have it, mar you're not marketing it, mm -hmm. you're not increasing the value of it, you're not licensing it, you're not making it desirable. Like, it's easy for Nike to go and sue somebody because Nike has vi value. value. But if I take your logo and smack it on a T-shirt, nobody cares because half the time nobody even knows who the hell you are. Right. So <laughs> it's all but about you know, building branding. You just hit on, uh, and this is, uh, I know the folks out there, they're going to get sick of me talking about this, but I'm going to talk about my own, my homeboy. Yeah. Kanye. I love mm -hmm. me. I love Kanye. Yeah. I don't love everything he says, but I love his uh, ability to speak his mind. Yes. And not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, again, I mean, it's preference. I don't love everything he says. But what I did see this weekend, he has so much value in his brand that Adidas is forced to have to enter back into contract with him. <laughs> I don't care for it. Right? Yes. To sell over X amount of billions of dollars of inventory. Yes. Because his brand was able to sell Beyond Beyonce's brand, which was uh, Ivy Park. Yeah. And now most people would have just assumed because I, uh, Beyonce is Beyonce that she could have carried the weight for Adidas, but could not. Mm. Right. What do you think that's all about? I mean, when you look at the branding, the structure, of the, what do about... you think Kanye did? <laughs> he's Kanye. <laughs> he's, but he's also innovative. right? But I think one thing that Kanye does and a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people get caught up in what he say and how he act, but they don't pay attention to his business moves. Right. I believe that he's extremely busy, business savvy, and a lot of the times we're so used to paying attention to what the press put out that we kind of miss the move. Mm -hmm. And we don't learn about the move until like right now, mm -hmm. what we're talking about now, mm -hmm. as opposed to people saying, oh, what could he have done with Yeezy and so on and so forth. So he definitely built up the brain equity. Um and people wanted, people really wanted him to kind of figure it out because they're like, I can't get rid of my Yeezys. Mm -hmm. I personally don't own any. But the question is, why can't you? See, that's branding. Why yeah. couldn't you get rid of those Yeezys? Man. Why couldn't you? Why couldn't yeah. some of those people stop wearing the Balenciaga and Kanye collection? Yeah. Why? Yeah. They attached to the brand. And then you, I saw celebrities sneaking to still rock it. Because mm. and then and then um, saying, oh, I have on Balenciaga today, but I shot this before. You know, they had to make excuses. Right. But why are you that? What is it that a brand does that can make you that? Brand is also about psychology. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Like what? what it like if a brand can get you to? I always think about brand is also habit. It's also about perception. Like if you see some, you know, I came here with my Fendi bag. Okay. Um, and so. <laughs> I could care less about Fendi, but I know the people that follow me love mm -hmm. that brand. Mm -hmm. I bought my first, actually, I bought my first luxury bags last year or year before last. Mm -hmm. I bought my first Louis Vuitton bag and my first Fendi bag. Me personally, I don't wear designer. I could care less about it. Mm -hmm. um, but because I'm building a brand and most people associate women with class and all of the things, they want to see me rock certain bags mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I rock the bags. And I, you know, so what I mean? so you're saying so some people believe that. So let's yeah. talk about it a little bit. Some people yeah. believe that you have to look successful to be successful. Oh, let's talk about it. I just hired a stylist this year. Okay, you so think I put this together myself? All right. So nah. so it's not a bad thing. So some people yeah. say, okay, I'm going to invest in this car. I'm going to invest. Oh, I spent I spent the probably about the amount of a car mm -hmm. working with my stylist mm -hmm. for this year because mm -hmm. last year I was like, what good is it to have this dope brand? amazing trademarks, all the things, if you don't feel confident 
in your style. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can rock your T-shirts mm-hmm. with your logo on mm-hmm. it and all of that. It's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But people see you as a boss, and so you need to show up like You have to always Like, like visually show yes, up right. like one. Like, I'm mm-hmm. showing up like one intellectually, mm-hmm. but visually mm-hmm. are you showing up like a boss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm getting some good old compliments from Mr. Calvin. Okay. So he's okay, Mr. Too. Calvin likes yeah. it. So as long as he's okay <laughs> with it, right? Yes, right, yes, right. Yes, yes. So it's important. And it has definitely increased my confidence. Well, and, it, and, and engagement on social media. Right. You'd be surprised how because much more Because people are visual. Yeah. People like to be able to look and see something they like. Yes. And that's what makes them want to come back to your page. Yes. I didn't, right? honestly, I was one of those people who was like, bro, it ain't that serious. Mm-hmm. And to, bro, it is that serious. It is. And to, you know, like, it's so easy to judge things you have yet to experience. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, I can see why people would, I don't know why you spent, you know, $4,000 on a bag. I know. When I'm walking through the airport with my bag and people are like, who's that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it draws attention. Mm-hmm. Me looking good, it draws attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Makes mm-hmm. my husband proud. Mm-hmm. You know, just a lot of different mm-hmm. things that you say is not important to it is. It is know? important. I think appearance for black women in particular should be very, very important. To, well, it is important to us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I know that you're also a big fan of Glorilla. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's from Memphis. Yeah. Memphis. What you know about Glorita? I mean, I just F- know of her. E E. I don't think I'll be down for that, right? <laughs> no, I'm totally buried. Okay, I'll like, just put it down. What you do? What's this? <laughs> I was about to get drunk with the joint. No, I love. <laughs> I love artists from Memphis. Okay. So her, Yo Gotti, just a lot of different Memphis artists, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you can get it out of Memphis, you can get it out of. You can get it out of anywhere. Out you know of the I mean? mud, right? Yes, yes. Right. And so, as a fellow Memphian, mm-hmm. to be able to see her skyrocket her success so fast. And I was able to listen to her story and see how she got herself discovered by Yo Gotti and put herself out there. And she's just, everybody love to talk crap about her, but she don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. You think she really don't care? I mean, you know. I think, you know. you. I mean, we, from what I can see on the net. Right. It is perceived as if she don't care. Well, you should right. always show that you don't care, but yeah. really you do. Yeah. You care. Yeah. Especially being that young. Because you don't really get to a point of not really caring, caring until I think you get to a certain age yeah. of experience. I mean, I'm almost, I'm 36. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting close to 40 and I'm like, you know, it's a lot of, I don't give a damn stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of stuff I'm starting not to care about. Yeah, you just yeah. start being like, you know what, it is yeah. what it is, yeah. right? Yeah. It just is But you, like you said, I think it comes with age. It comes with and age. And maturity. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know any young people who just like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I, I think she cares, yeah. and I think, but it's but you should give off that perception like, yeah, I don't. Okay, so let's talk about some of these conferences, right? So I know if you can yeah. launch and sell yeah. like a machine, I'm sure you can sell out conferences. Is that Absolutely. the case? Well, I recently canceled a conference, so Wait I a can't minute. tell you if I can or can't. Okay, because so I canceled mine. Wh- okay. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You canceled a conference. Yes. So it's okay to cancel. Yes. Did you already launch and then you have to let the folks know you canceled so or this what, what happened? So this was what happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am around, a lot of my friends are uber successful. Mm-hmm. Okay. And all of them have created a conference. So by nature, I'm thinking you got next, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you, you successful, blah, blah, blah. And so I felt like if I wanted to be respected as an expert, you need a conference. That's what I thought, mm-hmm. right? And we'll talk about how this clone thinking. But at the time, I was like, okay, I need to do a conference. So I was like, I'm, I'm like asking everybody, should I do a conference? Do I, should I do a conference? Everybody like, yeah, do a conference. So I put it out there, hey, I'm going to do a conference in July 2023. I put up the waitlist page. I make a big announcement, mm. and I'm like, "Oh, so you made a big deal about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You did a big announcement like, about like, it. I made like I made like two posts, but then like two days we have no. But if people. you make two posts, that's yeah. like Beyonce <laughs> announcing lemonade yeah. coming yeah. out next week. Okay, yeah. so you made a big noise about it. All right, yeah. and so we got 500 people on the list immediately. Okay, and I'm like. Because I was like, I, I'll do a conference, but it's going to have like 150 people. 500 now we got 500 people off the rip. And I'm okay. like, okay, this is, you know. So I'm terrified. I'm still terrified. But I was terrified by a lot of different aspects of it. But a big part of it was I felt like I wasn't ready. I felt like I wasn't ready. And I felt like I didn't have a team to support a conference. Mm-hmm. Because I had been a part of a lot of conferences, like on the back end, mm-hmm. supporting my friends. I've seen a lot of experts host their own conference. 
And just from the looks of it, and I'm also taking a course on a conference, this is not no easy thing, right? We're mm-hmm. talking upwards of, you know, 50000 plus on on setting it up, the expenses, all the stuff. And the thought of doing it would, like, literally make me sick. Whoa. I was so terrified from this. Okay. Right? Even with five, you know, it's people struggling to get five people to register for that. Yeah, conference. I you mean. Got, you had 500 people And you know what's waiting. crazy? Like, in 2022, I spent $150,000 on a project, a publishing project, uh-huh. and didn't have no problem with that. Like, so it's, it wasn't about the it money. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the money. It mm-hmm. wasn't about can I sell tickets. I just felt like I need, I felt like I wanted to have a bigger team. Like, I just, something in my mind. So why didn't like, you just go do that? Because I want a team of excellence. You should have called us. Bodies. Why you didn't call us? I don't want me? just bodies. Why you didn't call us, Audrea? <laughs> we could have had that conference turned over for you in no time. I just, I just, I don't know. I have a certain thing I want, right? Uh-huh. And I you just can have that, though. I'm going to have it. Are you, so happen. do you think it's you talking yourself out of it? Um, I don't think I talked myself out of it. I feel like I made an executive decision to focus on hiring and building a team. Okay, so you had 500 people register. Yeah. And then... (laughs) Wait list. Wait list. Okay, wait list. Yeah. And then when did you pull the plug? I pulled the plug in January. And what, no, I think it was was it the end of December. I think it was the end of December. So, so during Christmas time, y'all are eating. And y'all, <laughs> it was, it was like you, man we talking. didn't have Christmas cookies and milk. Right, That's y'all was thing. talking, and y'all said, "What was the mindset? <laughs> what did, what made you say, yeah. let's pull the plug?" I was in the middle of hiring. Um, I was in the middle of hiring. And my event planner, this is my second event planner I had hired because the first one, we wasn't really getting any traction, at least what I thought we should have been mm-hmm. doing. So I hired another event planner, and I was in a hiring meeting, hiring mm-hmm. some people. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, you know, going back and forth with the venue, can you do this? Can you look at this? And I just was like, F it. I'm not doing the conference. I'm not doing the but conference. But how much time? Because I personally could not focus on both. Okay. But like, it's a lot was, to hire and to, put on a conference. But when was it supposed to happen? In July of next year. But you got to book Girl, the you venue. Can, you got to book the yeah, venue. Yeah, I know that. You but you keep had, in mind. Oh, come on, Audrea. Did you just look, not want to do no, it? No, 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 no. Okay. I wanted to do it, but All I right. wanted to do it with excellence. You I wanted to have though. a team. I wanted to have capital. I had wanted to have more capital, okay. more reserves. Okay. And I wanted to feel confident and, and sure about it. And I wasn't feeling confident or sure about it. Okay. And this so you is, tr- and I'm not one of those people who like don't take risk. Mm-hmm. I you just, trusted your gut. Yeah. And that's the thing about it. I think people need to learn that even when everybody on the outside yes. is telling you you're crazy. Yes. You have to trust your gut. Oh, I gut. did get some pushback. Yeah. Even my husband. Me, I'm pushing back. Yeah. My husband, he was like, babe, you know we could like. We could do this, everything right? Everything he said, he said. Uh-huh. But this was, I, and this is what I teach all about being unclone. Unclone is also about trusting yourself. Right. And at the time, I just didn't trust, and I let it go. You let it go. I got so many DMs after I made that announcement. Thank you. I had just signed this contract, and I didn't know how I was going to pay it. I'm going to cancel my contract. Like, people was thanking me so because people, they were tied up in these big contracts. And, and you freed them. And you I made freed them. them say, yeah. it's okay to say. Yes. This is too much. Yes. And I think from a mental health perspective, though. Oh, I, I was relieved. A lot of people need to figure that out. It's mm-hmm. okay to say, no, I can't do this for the health of their mental. Yes. I think a lot of the folks are experience extreme anxiety because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yes. You saw your friend. You said the clone, the unclone. You said, wait a minute. I'm going to do it my way. Yes. And I had done virtual conferences, mm-hmm. but I know people wanted to see me, but I felt like it wasn't. And this is another reason I canceled. I didn't feel like it was going to be uncloned. Like, I didn't want a stage with a bunch of speakers and, you know, just the the, the same rigmarole. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wanted some unclone. Like, I'm like, until I figure out what that model of a conference looked like for us, I don't want to do it. Okay, so you have not rescheduled. No. Okay. All right. It is it is like indefinite until I figure out what I want. Because you know what I want more than that? I want connection with my community. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pile a whole bunch of hundreds of people into a room and they like, I'm surrounded by security and they never get to even shake mm-hmm. my hand or mm-hmm. high five me. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go and have intimate groups of people being able to talk to me and get to know me. As opposed to just, I don't know. Maybe I haven't accepted that per that part of my success mm-hmm. of being able to like you know repel people. I just I like I know to be able to high five people and thank you for reading my book mm-hmm. and I like to do that. Well, maybe aspect you can do that. that for your VIPs. Yeah, but 
I was that underdog that wanted a hug or wanted a high five mm-hmm. or wanted to talk to the person who made it. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Maybe maybe I changed the way it's done. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Well, why did you say that you were the underdog? What made you feel like you were the well, underdog? Well, back in the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called general seats in the back. Barely can see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nosebleed, right? Right. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, wishing you could be on the front row, but you can't afford it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I think, you do you think there's a problem with having hierarchy? Like, you know, working a, your way to the VIP section? I still struggle with that. Okay, so you think everybody should be VIP? Yeah. Really? I go VIP everywhere. But do you think <laughs> those who didn't pay to be in VIP? Like, I you think, can afford think, to do VIP this, now. This thing. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm so glad. This is so good. I've enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I feel like I remember when I stayed in the hood mm-hmm. and somebody took me to a nice restaurant. And at that point, a new standard was set. It gave you something to work to. Right. And I feel like it's hard for people. You know, people always say, I would never pay those ticket prices. It's totally different until you being able to see somebody sweat on their forehead mm-hmm. or you being able to go first or you being able to drink certain kind of, you know, drink a certain type of drink or eat certain kind of food. Mm-hmm. I think exposure is is what gives people ignorance mm-hmm. to certain stuff. Mm-hmm. They legit just never experienced it. So it's easy to say I'm cool with a $50 ticket and you don't see the value in a $2,500 ticket. But until you get that $2,500 experience, you ain't going to never want $50 right. ticket. Let's talk about first class. Yes. Once you've experienced yes. first class, you yes. don't want to go back to coach. I, I, I flew but if, all first class last year. But if everybody can get into <laughs> yeah. it. Let me tell you a good example. Just recently, um, so let's back up a little bit. Delta. I love Delta. Yes. Delta Skymouse yes. Lounge, you know, the whole experience, Woo-woo. right? <laughs> well, you know, they just recently created some more rules yes. stating that you have to spend at least $100,000, I think, on your platinum card or something something like that to be able to access. I got the Delta Skymouse, too. I do, too. Yeah, I, look, you ain't going to get me, baby. Platinum. I mean, you know, all that, right? But then I also spend <laughs> over the amount that yeah. I have to my car because I know how to use my car. Right. The challenge is they put those things in place because I think during the pandemic, mm-hmm. a lot of everybody. They was giving them cars out to everybody. They was giving them out, and it was a lot everybody of people. Everybody was like, I got this, I got that. Able to yeah. get into a credit repair, da 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 and I think people started complaining in the lounge about the exclusivity and the types of people, people right. that began to have access. So the question is this. Is it wrong to want to have that exclusive experience? <gasps> I or it. should people be able to have to work their way to it? What are your thoughts? Is it wrong? If you can afford to be in a room, be in a room. But what? So you can afford to be in a room, be in a room. Yeah. But what about the experience? So what? A, okay, which is true. Create a more elevated experience. Well, create is, another level, like you said. They right. just, they just created a new metric. Well, they, now they increase the metric, right? So every thousand. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's the new level. But the question yeah. is, you know, sometimes people will say this too. As soon as we get into the playing ground, then all of a sudden, play bigger, baby. Go harder. Go harder, right? We Stop should, making that, excuses, that's what right? I was about Stop to say. making like, excuses. Like, miss me with that. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I get tired of people. I was about to all, get crunk here. Yeah, I get tired of people always saying yeah. the woe is me story. Yeah. So that yeah. means you just got to turn it up. Yeah. You got to turn it up and go that much turn harder. Turn up the heat. But, okay, go harder. Get go better. Harder. So let's talk Read about more. this. Read more. Read <laughs> more. Look, gentrification. What are your thoughts on gentrification? Now, I don't know nothing about that. We can go and skip that one. I don't know. Okay, you don't know. So you don't know anything about the urban community. I mean, I'm I'm aware of it, but I don't know enough to form an opinion. Okay. If I'm right. being honest. All right. I don't want right. to go down that road. You don't want to go there? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I just want to know because a lot of times, you know, people, once you reach a certain level of success, people sometimes make you feel guilty. Oh, I feel like that all the time. But that, that that's not going to take away my ability to want more. Or right. strive for better. Right. I think. I, I think. You do feel guilty. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. I feel guilty all the time. Okay. Because when you are the only person in your family who is reading more, mm-hmm. investing more, going to the courses, I mean mm-hmm. buying the courses, going to the conferences, investing yourself for mm-hmm. coaching, mm-hmm. and this is where it hurts for me. Mm-hmm. I've literally like created books, courses, all the things, and when my family come to me and say, "Hey, I need this so I can be able to do this." And they won't even read my books. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why we're behind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so I, do you feel obligated then to give it to them? No, not at that point. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if they came to me and they say, hey, 
I need to borrow, I don't know, $50. Mm-hmm. Man, if you read this book, it's going to teach you how to, you know, find a skill that you're really good at and mm-hmm. make money from it. Mm-hmm. And you deny that opportunity, that's on you. Mm-hmm. I tried to, you know, I, I always tell people, like, when people ask me, when my family asks me for money, now I just give them, like, courses and classes. Mm-hmm. But do they do they get offended by that? Because they're like, yeah, they get I, offended. I need $50 now. Okay. And you're going to get this lesson. Okay. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you believe in, <laughs> let me teach you how to fish. Exactly. Right? That's how I learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the only reason I'm able to give you $50 because I acquired the skill. So, you, the guilt. You do feel yeah. guilt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the friends and everybody from back at home and so forth to see Audrey Man, I'll talk to the people like that. So, you got a whole new crew. Man, my crew is tight. Okay. All right. Tight, tight. So, yeah, because you have to change your environment. <laughs> Absolutely. Because but I, it is guilt around it, though. Yeah, it is guilt. Yeah. It is. And then what are your thoughts when people are saying, Audrey, you changed? Hell, yeah, I changed. And you should, too. Right. It's cool on this side. Right. You should want <laughs> and, and you should want to yeah. come with me. Right. Absolutely. Right. I'm going to teach you how to come and be here with me. Mm-hmm. But just because you make more money doesn't mean you change your mind. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. mindset. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can't take... A broke mindset into money. You sure can and won't yeah, keep it. Absolutely. And won't keep it. Because you got to learn how to manage money. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to, you know, manage your credit. You got to learn how to manage, hell, credit, all the different aspects. Business and manage credit, your relationships. Credit. Absolutely. Because this is the thing. You and you got to learn how to be a good friend. Yes, yes, yes. And what does that mean? What does that look like for you? It means being cool and nice. It means, like, not being disrespectful. It's not about being selfish. If I call you, hold space for me, just like I'm holding space for you. That means if I'm talking, I'll let you talk. You let me talk, so on and so forth. Does it mean I'm going to Cancun, you don't have the money, so I'm going to go ahead and buy you a ticket, too? Uh, Does I don't know. Mean? It depends. Okay. It depends. It depends. If this person is very hardworking and you see them putting forth an effort, then maybe. Mm-hmm. Right, and mm-hmm. occasionally, mm-hmm. but not all the time. Mm-hmm. Not as a mm-hmm. default. Mm-hmm. Not as a, I ain't improved my life, but I should still be entitled to the benefits of your life. Mm-hmm. Not on that type mm-hmm. of tip. What do you think about hiring friends and family? If they get skilled enough, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what that's what my issue is. My dad actually asked me. He was like, "Audrey, can I work for you?" I said, "Dad, you ain't got no skills. I mm-hmm. need." Mm-hmm. So if my family was would acquire the skills that I need to help me run my business, absolutely, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. hire them. Generational wealth, yes, yeah, yes. generational. It's but it's but it's it's more about do you have the skill than it is if you my family. It's got to be about that. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest challenges I see in African American businesses. Yes. That we put a whole lot of people in positions that have no business being in those positions. Absolutely, right. And then your business, which would could have been a great business, suffers because you because also you can't. It's difficult to go off and fire cousin. Billy. Not really. Okay. If you brought Billy into the hiring process. That's right. Now, if you like let Billy get hired mm-hmm. and you didn't take him through three interviews and let him meet the team and you don't and you personally don't run your business like a business, mm-hmm. then that's when it becomes a problem. It becomes a problem. But if, but if you like let Billy skip all the interviews and get straight in and you and Billy might have a problem. Mate. Let me let me <laughs> ask you this. Do you consider yourself an alpha woman? And sometimes, yes. Okay, because what yes. I, I pick up on you is that you have a, a hybrid. Oh, yeah. I you, can be feminine and soft. Yeah. Because and I can roast you. A, a, a lot way. of uh, very strong, successful business women that I bring yes. in here. Because, you know, you got to be the title and yeah. 10th top. Um, most of them are very much alpha, very mm-hmm. strong-willed. Um, but what I pick up from you is that you know how to turn it on and know how to turn it yes. off, which is good. Because most alpha women struggle in being able to find that partner. Because mm-hmm. of that. Um, and so now there's this huge movement out here about what is this soft girl movement? Soft life. Soft life movement, right? <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying to catch on. We talk about soft this all life. The time. Okay, so what does yeah. that mean to you? I mean, I think in the context of social media, it means, I don't know, I can't get with it. I don't know. I you mean, can't get with it? I, mean, <laughs> I think it means get sleep. Because if that's the case, I'm soft as hell. Right. I stay napped up. Right. I don't know if it means. I think they're trying to tell people that women who feel like they got to be that all everything. But you know what soft life is? What? It's what it was supposed to be before independent woman came out. But you know, we had to (laughs) be independent, right? Yeah, I get that. Uh But at the same token, don't no man want to be with a woman that's That's so rah-rah. That's right. 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 And the women starting to realize that fact. And now they screaming soft life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, let me... Let me who not started this movement? Him. I don't know. Somebody. Because I'm seeing. I don't know who she is. But I don't she, know, but I'm going to tell you she this. She started it. I'm seeing <laughs> a lot of very strong, successful women saying hashtag soft life. You know what it is? 
a lot of women are also tired of being hard. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's, the truth of the matter is, hard. a lot of women are also tired of having to be the answer. Mm. I think we want to have somebody else sometimes to make that decision. We do make a lot of decisions, but I also believe that that's why you should get um, if. okay. let me speak from two perspectives because I'm married. I've been married for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I make a lot of decisions with my husband. Mm -hmm. However, if I wasn't married. Right. I don't really know if I would be hashtag soft life. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like I gotta get it how I live, mm -hmm. but I also think like that now even with a man. Mm -hmm. so I, don't know. I don't know. I think I think yeah. <laughs> I think that most people have to have the hashtag soft life to remind them that wait a minute, there's a time and a place for everything. Yes, I get it, but right. but why do it even need to be a, a soft life? Why can't it just be who you are as a woman? Because I think, you know what I mean. Like why do it have to be like a on and off button? Right, I'm soft now. Let I think it's hard. because there's such this 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 generation of so many alpha women, mm. and I don't you know, I, and I I wonder like because with our grandmothers and everybody, were they alpha women? You know, when I think about alpha women or what's the other one, beta, beta, yeah, beta women. I just think of, and and maybe this is kind of like you know ignorance on my part, mm -hmm. but I always think of like assertive and. People, people are not as assertive, mm -hmm. right? Like, I know what I want. I want this. I want. I want that. And then I see passive on the other side, where it's like more submissive. You know, like you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But again, I could be ignorant to this whole conversation. So I don't really. Yeah, know. it's a lot of changes in this generation. I think yeah. even now, this whole thing about polyamorous relationships. I don't know nothing about that, and I and I'm popping <laughs> out. Immediately, you, right? You know, because <laughs> it's off the chain. You know, out I here. think I'm doing a regular life. What's a regular life? Right, regular life. No, we're not going to do one on, person, one person, whatever one person did. That's and, me. and being authentic yeah. to who you are, right? <laughs> it's not about being soft life. It's yeah. just I'm going to be Audrea. Yeah, and, right. You know, Mr. Calvin ain't going for that. Right. He ain't sharing nobody. Right. With me. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's the stuff yeah. that's going on out here. I'm just like, whoa. It's, it's, yeah, and, and a lot of no. women are having and you gotta to, know what to open your household up to. Mm -hmm. Some people just follow social media into the damn death of them. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> people just let anything rule mm -hmm. their life, mm -hmm. and so this is where you know values come in place. Where are your values? Who are you at your core? You just gonna let anything just come into your life and just take over how you operate? Mm -hmm. Social media be having way too much. But control. social media, okay, let's back up. How many followers you got on social media? Eighty thousand followers but on you, Instagram. But okay, I don't know across all of them. But let's go about eighty thousand. Nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, it's it not. took a lot of work to get there, right? Yeah. And that meant that you had to put in um, some strategy. And procedures in place to make sure you drove those numbers. Correct. And with that meant you had to give the people what they wanted. Yeah, but I don't... If you look at my social media, mm -hmm. I'm the same way I am in this interview. Mm -hmm. And I'm the same way this interview as I am as a wife at home. Mm -hmm. You don't get no different. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting on a front or a facade. Mm -hmm. I cuss. I'm country. I'm me. Okay. So when so you when follow me, you my get MC me. Light, and I was playing my MC... Oh, that's why... You know what? <laughs> That's why you don't know who MC Light is. You're 36 years old. I, <laughs> Dang, I, I, you I, I, yeah, that's why you don't I know MC Light. Me, yeah. Okay, that explains. I'm going to give you a pass on that. I'm going to give you a pass. I'm born in 86. Okay, yeah. But when did her album come out? Yeah, I don't... Uh, MC Light probably... Ah, what you know now? Mm -hmm. uh, let, me, let me be quiet. Let me be quiet. I ain't going to give away <laughs> too much information. But that's why you don't know MC yeah, Light. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's it's a trip, though, how, you know, the generations are building and growing and changing and how social media has a lot to do with it. Because social media is giving you the nod that this is okay and this is what you're supposed it to do. It says trees and all the things, but it's also people on social media who ain't with it. Mm -hmm. You know, our whole tips of the world are... For the people, people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That there's having real conversations. Everybody is not falling in this ignorant track, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's all about who you follow, too. You yep. follow a lot of stupidity, you're going to see stupidity. Mm -hmm. You're going to be encouraged to do stupidity. You follow. I follow a lot of smart people mm -hmm. who are doing dope things, mm -hmm. which in, which enhance, which makes me want to do mm -hmm. dope things. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a trip because you could tell what it is where you are in your life at that moment. Because when you log on to TikTok or whatever... They're going to show you what you're. Are you what you've forced been to see for. whatever they whatever's popping that day? Right, but 
it's still going to take you down a, a path of what you've been clicking on, too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it can change whatever it it's is. It's some weird you, stuff on TikTok. It is. It's some real. Or how are you doing over there on TikTok? I don't know. I think I got like 2,000 followers. I, it's not a. That's not your real area. Nah. But I'm I be sh- forgetting to post over there. Well, what you going to do, though, when Instagram go away? Uh, I'm gonna do what I've been doing, building my email list and building my SMS mm-hmm. list, and mm-hmm. just go with the flow. I think you got this is why knowing how to market outside of social media. So you still got direct mail, mm-hmm. you still have, um, you know, blogs, your websites, your events, networking events. It's still a lot of stuff you can do that doesn't involve social media. Mm-hmm. Social media is definitely a fast path if you learn to love it and adapt it. But it's not the only way. Because mm-hmm. that's going to be important for people to keep their mind on what do they do when this happens. Because one day it will go away. Yeah. Everything goes away, I mean, right? MySpace went away. Everything Black goes Planet away. Went, went away. Remember Black Planet? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I, but, you know, I never did really get involved on MySpace and Black Planet. I was a rebel. It took me a minute to even get involved on social. I mean, on really? Facebook. Just because I was like, ah, I don't have time for that, da, da, da. And you then, both. This was way back. I'm talking about way, uh, way, way back. Pre boss? Yeah, but this is way back. Well, I, been, I was born a boss girl. Okay. But this was way back. I want to say I probably, uh, Facebook, I got involved maybe 2008. What's your favorite social media platform? Instagram. Why? I think it's just because it, you know what? Let me back up. Instagram is where. I think I'm most comfortable, but mm. where I've started to really enjoy for entertainment has become TikTok. Really? And it took me no, a TikTok long... TikTok is funny, though. It's funny. And it took yeah. me a long... I, again, I'm a rebel. I fight against things. And then... And I came... And my cousin kept talking about TikTok, TikTok. And then I just... You would get lost in hours. It's like watching a TV show. It's you hilarious. I got Calvin. He, he my curator of uh, funny okay. clips. <laughs> he sent me funny clips. And so when I log in... I just watch all his funny clips. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I look at it too and I'm like, I don't have time to do all of this. They put a lot of work into building yes. content for TikTok. To me, it's no difference than any other social media platform. Mm-hmm. They just found a way to make it addictive. Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend a week? On cur- TikTok? Cur- no, curating content for your Instagram. Man, it's a full-time job, about 10 hours, 10, mm-hmm. 12 hours. So you have to cl- yeah. literally plan out your week. I'm not a social media planner though. Okay. I just know I need to post every day. Okay. I kind of let my life dictate what I post. I don't, I don't, I'm not that person to be like, all right, I'm going to post this on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. To me, that feels too robotic. If you don't post every day, what does that mean? Um, you don't take your business seriously? No, it means you need a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's okay to take a break. Mm-hmm. I tell some people that, they're like, thank God. But you know, there's some people that. who just don't do social media. What yeah. do you think about them? They have obviously figured out another way to make money. Because mm-hmm. it's a lot of deals they're making, and you don't know these executives. They're not on Instagram. They're not hitting you with the new TikTok dance. Mm-hmm. Like, they mm-hmm. in the boardroom closing million dollars. Look at Jay-Z. Deals. Yeah. Right? And yeah. then Kanye will come in and come out. He but comes I in when he like, wants to antagonize. I feel like, but when we make those comparisons, like, look at Jay-Z or look yeah. at... That's not realistic. That's yeah. not... We need a, a more fair comparison because, right. like, these dudes were rich... <laughs> Pre-social media that's takeoff, right. you know. That's right. Because think about Will Smith. He avoided it for he a did. long time. Well, see, that's what I'm trying to tell you yeah. about the avoiding and rebel. That's how I am. Yeah. I'm a, I am avoid. I'm but a rebel. He was, but see, this is the thing. This is where I feel like the biggest difference is. The people who, like, can really take off with social media, they're actually really good personality-wise. Mm-hmm. Not all the time because stupidity stuff go viral, too. But when I think about, like, a Will Smith or a Kanye or whatever, like, outside of social, they're still dope. Mm-hmm. They are. You know? And that's the thing. Are you dope in real life? That part. Yeah, that's what I tell people. I'm dope That's in the real, real substance, life. in my opinion. That's in real life. Yeah. Right, in real life. And, and the other thing about social media is I'm really about being in the moment. One of my biggest pet peeves, Adria, is going to an event and people are spending more time recording it or we went to a concert and i literally told my husband like take my phone matter of fact i left my phone in the car Mm -hmm. because i want to be present and experience the moment yes because guess what when people sitting there recording or going live don't nobody care about you being at the concert put the phone down (laughs) learn how to be present right enjoy the moment selfie in and all i'm like enjoy the moment yes and most people won't do that and so I just, I'm really big on um, social media takes away from that. It takes away from that ability. I feel like social media, texting on the phone, not like, I made a vow to my husband a few years ago that like, I'm off at seven. 
That's our time. We watch TV, whatever. We do have grind seasons where it's like, all right, we got to grind this thing out. But I make it. I make sure that I'll make it a habit. Okay, you got to do that. And I think it's good that you and your husband have combined and said this is what's going to be good for us. Right. You need that in your marriage because otherwise, you guys can go into two different directions, and you'll look up and say, "Okay, what happened to right. us?" And right. Making that us time. What's next? What's coming up next for you? <sighs> our certification program. Okay. I really want to train and scale up our business, I really want like a training company Mm -hmm. to really train the future marketers of the world. Mm -hmm. I feel like we need more marketers that's pretty dope. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the Super Bowl commercials are very boring. Um, That Tubi commercial was fine. I mean, a handful of them was good. But it's not like, I normally like get my popcorn, sit at the table, like let's watch the commercial. They're lazy. You know what? They just feel like I could put in a celebrity. You know what I think it is? They're trying to be too neutral. They're not drawing a line. Oh yeah, in the same. You better cancel culture, girl. These people are—they're not trying to. But lose it's that still money. no. Your brand is still a personality. I it agree. Still have values, and I hate the cancel culture. I do. <laughs> I say what I want to say. This is cornology biz, and I say what I want to <laughs> say. I hate the cancel culture, but yes. a lot of big businesses, and that's one of the things that we specialize in is crisis management. We have to come in and help our companies or our clients so that they don't lose everything, lose their hat because of the cancel culture. It is dangerous. Like it's it's super serious, and I feel like at what point you ain't being yourself though? You're never being yourself. Anytime you're saying that, what you saw on the Super Bowl commercials were. Walking the straight line. Yes. It's like, it's no, I felt like I was watching a lot of neutral commercials. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't, I don't know, like, I don't know. They're just trying to fit in, I guess. It's just too much of that. But I'm going to tell you this, Audrea, I really enjoyed having you here today. Yes. I have been, like I said, I've been watching you from afar. I said, she's pretty dope. And then I knew when Candace, I said, okay, Candace. <laughs> she is off the chain. I want yes. to say I want to congratulate you for all the success that you have. Thank you. Everything that you're doing. I want to also say, hey, big ups on you saying this is not for me. Yes. The conference, I'll get to it when I can because when I do it, I want to do it the way I want to do it. Right. Without the pressures of anything else. And to see a black woman still be able to be powerful, successful, soft, and strong at <laughs> yes. the same time and still moving. Moving stepmom, you are helping raising your your stepdaughter. It's a lot. You got a lot of moving parts. So I want to say big ups to you and thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you today. for having me. This is so dope. I'm, I'm glad really you enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. I'm glad. Yes. And thank you guys. And I'm gonna see you next time on Cornology. <laughs> Get no money if you're constantly worried about what everybody else got to say. If you constantly got your eyes on what everybody else doing, you ain't getting no money. When it comes down to closing the deal, I get it done.